This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody, and we welcome you. Yes, it's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by. 1-800-919-3776. Also, via X, formerly known as Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY. 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Harvey and Tom, will ride with you for the next couple of hours on this gorgeous Sunday afternoon. So whatever you're doing, Keep doing it with us. Bring us along. We love the pool where Anita Marks is going. We love the beaches. We love the golf courses. Maybe you're doing a little one-on-one outside, a little basketball. Take us along. We're right there. We're good. We, we, can, we can do a little bounce pass action. Dunkin' days are done, done, but we can do a little bounce pass, a little rebounded maybe. Plus, we have company. Oh, I love it when we have company. Jordan Runon will join us at 1 o'clock. We'll talk some Giants. Giants got some issues on the offensive line. We'll get the update from him. And at 2 p.m., speaking of offensive line, Willie Colon will join us, SNY Insider. Analyst. We'll talk about the Jet and Giant offensive line. So we're busy. We have a lot to do, and we thank you for joining us. So we begin with baseball. And I'm a little concerned. And I'm fascinated. Okay? And I'll explain why on both. I'm fascinated because the trade deadline passed this week. And we wanted to see what the two teams were going to do. We kind of knew what the, what the Mets were going to do, right? We kind of knew that they were going to be in seller's mode. Now, we were told from Buster Olney it was going to be measured selling. No, they sold. And they sold out. And they sold three of the most important pieces they had, and they got rid of two ancillary pieces who were going to be free agents at the end of the year. Okay? So they did what they had to do. It was a smart move. They weren't going anywhere this year. And it looks like, not that they're not going anywhere next year, because they still have a decent nucleus, decent. And I say that with the hopes that those players who are still there, Lindor, Alonzo, not Nimmo because he's been really good this year. Marte, those guys will have to be better next year than they were this year. They can't be as bad or as inconsistent as they were. Jeff McNeil has woken up. He has awakened, and he's hitting much better. Could have used this a couple of months ago, but we'll take it now. And, of course, you got kids. Alvarez will be better next year. Vientos hopefully will be better next year. And you have Edwin Diaz as your closer back. So they will still be with a couple of free agent purchases as starters. They should be at least where they are now. Not record-wise, but at least where they are in trying to battle for a wild-card spot. So I think with that nucleus, they still should be able to handle that. But they have lost five straight since the deadline moves. And swept by Kansas City. That's troubling. That's troubling. They have not responded well. Now, listen, do we understand that they don't have the talent they had before? Yes. Do we understand that, especially in the bullpen, that has always been an issue? It's been an issue all season. Has it been an issue of late? Yes, we knew that. But 
if you listen to the players, it, they tell you how tough it is because they're not playing for anything. And there's nothing worse for a competitive athlete to be in the position where they're not really playing for anything substantial. They're not playing for a wild card spot. They're not playing for a chance of the World Series. They're not playing for the NLCS. They're not they're just playing out the string. And it's August. And it's hard to play out the string baseball-wise even in September, but it's August. And so it's really about calling up the kids, it's really about trying to see what you have next year to put things in place. Yes, they hopefully have obtained some pieces to start to build the nucleus for a better minor league system. And you understand it. And once again, you applaud it. And we all know that Steve Cohen sent out a letter, a la the Rangers in 2018. And Mike Vaccaro had a great article in the Post about it yesterday. Where he's telling, said to the, apologized to the fan base, season ticket holders, hey, it wasn't what we thought. This is what we're doing now. We're going forward. And you respect that. That's the right thing to do. But when you're watching this team day to day, and you're still a fan, so you're still going to watch. You're going to peek. You're going to peek. You want to see what Alvarez is doing. You want to see what the the young players are doing. You want to watch. You want to peek in. Maybe you're, you know, more involved in only murders in the building or Breaking Bad, the remix, or whatever, you know, there's there's a gazillion series that you could be watching, a binge watching. But it's your baseball team, so you're going to peek in and see what's going on. But you can't be happy about what you're seeing now. Even though you know they're not playing for anything, you still want to see, you still want to see competition. And they've had they've been competitive against Baltimore, which is a phenomenal team that that's really turned some heads. And that is part of the change in the AL East. But it, it's a hard pill to swallow for you to be swept by arguably, on this side of Oakland, the worst team in baseball. What are you doing? Let's hear from Steve Cohen. And he says, you know what? We talked about it. We decided to play the odds at the deadline. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, when you look at the probabilities, where we were like 15% and other teams were getting better, you have to take the odds down from that. If you're going to have a 12% chance of winning, get and winning, just getting into the playoffs, those are pretty crummy odds. You know, I, I wouldn't want to be betting uh, any money on that, and I don't think anybody else would either, okay? And I said before, hope's not a strategy. So you're excited by the deadline return you got? We weren't going to just do deals for the sake of doing deals. But, you know, we thought, you know, we, we got a great return for the people that we ended up trading. And, and uh, we weren't sure that was going to happen. I would have kept the players if, if it turned out it was going to be a you know, mediocre return. You know, that was the opportunity. It turned out that it's a moment in time where other clubs are, are thinking very short term. And I was thinking more intermediate long term. I was able to take advantage of that. Once again. They did what they had to do. Do you wish that maybe the returns, especially in the David Robertson trade, could have been a little better, more immediate? Yes. I mean, the guys they got from, from uh, Miami, they're 18, 19 years old. They're not coming up next year. So you, but 
once again, you're trying to get what you can and fortify your minor league system. So I understand the strategy. I question in hindsight, and it's okay to do so, why you didn't have a better view of what your minor league system looked like at the time. And then make this, these moves and maybe pull back on the Scherzer Verlander moves. Because on the other side, and listen, it's not my money, but that's a lot of money to pay somebody else to pitch for, for another team. And you're paying for it. That's a lot. That's a lot. On the other hand, when you look at the Yankees, and I get it. Yankee fans, look, we're not making the playoffs. I don't want to make the playoffs. And I understand why you say that. Because you feel that if you don't make the playoffs or finish in last place, that will force Hal Steinbrenner and the Yankees to do something different. Because they still trot out these power-laden guys. Even though the game is changing, they still trot out these power-laden guys who can't run bases. And they continue to struggle. And so you want change. Now, even though there's limited things you can do because of the contracts that are on these teams, this team with the Yankees, you still want change. And I get it. But let's think a moment. This team is the same team that was dominated by Houston in the ALCS last year. Dominated. Dominated. At times, overmatched. Didn't look like you're playing the same sport. And did they change the lineup this year? I mean, if we saw, and I'll speak for you guys, we we don't we aren't supposed to know as much baseball as the folks in the Yankee front office. If we saw that the Yankees weren't as good, couldn't compete with Houston, don't you think they saw it? Don't you think they knew that coming into this season, changes had to be made. Did they make them? Nope. All they did was get another pitcher. Well, they did sign Aaron Judge. They re-signed Aaron Judge. And they got Carlos Rodon, who hopefully will pitch better today than his last start. But even though the Yankees didn't do anything substantial to fortify their lineup with more offense, which it sorely needs. They have responded by playing a little better. They have responded to say that, you know what? We, we think we still can make this, this postseason. And obviously the Yankee front office took the, took the tack of, Hey, guess what? You know what? Yeah. We got dominated by Houston but that's the only team that's better. We were in the ALCS last year. <laughs> Can't be that bad. <laughs> and that's why you're in the situation you're in today. So from the Yankee fan standpoint, it's kind of crazy right now, right? Because you're torn. Obviously, you want your team to do well. You're not rooting for your team to lose. But on the other side, you kind of wish that they would not make the postseason because you're hoping that would shake the front office to say, look, hey, we didn't make the postseason. We never not make the postseason. It's interesting to see because it looks like the players 
think they can. And yes, they're starting to play better. And yes, even though we know that maybe a bullpen cart would be helpful for Giancarlo Stanton to get around the bases, he's he's starting to produce. This is the heat stroke that you thought he was going to have, that you've been waiting for. Multiple hits in games, home runs, starting to put this team on his back a little bit. Yesterday, you got Nasty Nestor back. Even though he only gave you four innings, it was dominant. If you could get something from Rodon today, maybe he, you take three or four from Houston. Listen, you have to look a little differently at that. So this is a major game today for the Yankees. And we talked about it. We talked a lot about coming up to this time and how this team was going to respond with Tampa and Houston and Baltimore. And if they could take three or four from Houston, and I know it's not about going to the World Series. You you don't have the team to go to the World Series. You don't have the team to make a run. I know all the anti-stuff that you say about this team. But if they take three or four from Houston, it's going to make you look at them a little differently, at least for the moment. Because it means that they, they're, still, they're still trying. They still believe. They're showing forth effort. And honestly, that's all you can ask from your team. Because they don't get to choose who their teammates are. They have to go out there and play with who, with whoever teammates are on the team. So it's not their fault that they're struggling. Now, am I saying that the Yankees have played this perfectly? Absolutely not. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. How could you let uh, Anthony Rizzo play like that when you understand that he still had issues? Nobody decided to look at him and say, you know what, He's, this is really bad. What's going on? Should we give him a physical? Nobody decided to do that. Nobody knew how bad... Giancarlo Stanton's legs are that he can't run, that he's he's running the bases as if he's jogging for home runs? And why is Luis Rojas sending him? So there's things that I'm not saying that this is the perfect situation. Not by a long shot. And this offense should be better. They knew better. It, it's criminal not to have a left fielder. And you knew you, you knew you needed one. And you knew you needed a third baseman just in case. Donaldson was not going to be Donaldson again. So there's a lot of things we can criticize this Yankee front office for and Brian Cashman for the players that he put on the field. No question about it. But you're still in the hunt. And in August and September, that's all you want as a baseball fan. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, G's good. Didn't think got a great round on third and got a little careful over there. Look, ball, two outs, hitting the gap like that. Think you got to take your chances. So, so is that his full speed at this particular point in time, John Carlos? I'd have, have to look at it. Sometimes if he gets going in the right direction, he's got, I think, more than that. Sometimes if it's not an efficient route, you know, he's going he's gonna to protect it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Larry Hardesty Show on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> 1-800-919-3776. Also on X, at Hardesty ESPN, ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. 
I'll get to the calls in a second. I, it's not easy for today's managers and coaches to cover and not rip their players. You know what I mean? It's hard. Oh, back in the day, the old guys was oh, he's, look at him. He's, he's, I pulled him. I pulled him from the game. Well, listen, he's not going to pull. He's not going to pull Stan from the game. Stan's hidden now. If, if he didn't pull him from the game when he was struggling, he's not going to pull him from the game now. A different route, rounding third. Well, I, I have to see. I've seen. I'm not even a Yankee fan. I've seen a couple of games. He can't run. You can't send him in that situation. I get that you. I get. And listen, Rojas is in a tough spot, right? Because this is not a team that scores nine, ten runs a game. You might need that run. That run could be the difference. As I was just talking to the guys during the break, for the Yankees to be successful with this offense going forward, it's very simple. Their starters have to give them length, and their relievers have to hold them. Everybody's You, you have to go into the process of a, a quality start for this Yankee starting rotation, right? Three runs, that's it. Because I don't know, three runs or less, I don't know if the Yankee offense is going to consistently give you more than three runs. You have to say they won't. You have to say they won't. So I get Luis Rojas. I got to send him. I got to take that chance. I got to send him. We need every run we can get. That's his thought process as third base coach. Now you have to change that thought process. He can't make it. It's not the wide turn. It's not that he can't. He has no other gear. Right, like some players will go to a second game. Okay, I gotta, I gotta ramp it up because I gotta get home. He can't do it. He can't. He can't do it. Either he's afraid that he's gonna hurt himself and he'll be out again, or there's an injury there. And and Lagreca has been saying it for the past couple of weeks. These guys are still in the lineup. They're playing hurt because there's no judge. And you saw the situation with Rizzo, and now you're watching Stanton. He's not healthy. He can't be. He's moved better than that in the outfield. He can't. There's something going on with his legs. You can't send him. You can't. You just can't do it. That's the way it goes right now. You cannot send him in those situations. 1-800-919-3776. Jeff's in Florida. Jeff, start us off on 9870 ESPN. Yes, thank you, Larry, for taking the call. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jeff. What's happening? Well, listen, I'm a Yankee fan since the 60s. I've seen pretty much most of it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And unfortunately, the ugly has dominated now for 15 years. I mean, the, the thought that it's good enough for the New York Yankees to be in the hunt to get into the playoffs is a joke. This is not a World Series champion team. It's a dysfunctional team. We all know it. We all know what the reasons are. And after the humiliation by Houston last year, your hated enemy team, who you want to just complain, cheated. And that's the reason you didn't win. I mean, it's embarrassing. What did you do after they, after they destroyed you? What did you do after Boston destroyed you in the playoffs the year before that? The answer is nothing. You keep trotting Aaron Hicks out of there until recently. Severino, how many times do we have to watch Severino implode? How many? 
How many? Because he was extended four years and $40 million, whatever that was. We had to watch Hicks because they extended him seven years and $70 million. I mean, it's been one atrocious decision after another. You can't not love Aaron Judge. But the fact is, he is always hurt. And, and the funny thing is, some of these are fluke injuries. But the point is, he's always hurt. He got very fortunate that in that contract situation, he stayed healthy, he did what he did, and he got paid. But for most of his career, and he's in his early 30s now, he's not a kid anymore, he's always hurt. Stanton is always hurt. How much more of Stanton? Stanton goes on these streaks. How long do they last until he's now got an oblique? I mean, it, it never, ever ends. You, you keep Boone. You keep Cashman. As far as you know, being a Yankee fan, you know, the boss ingrained in everybody, n- nothing is acceptable unless you're winning a world championship. Well, you have a team that can possibly win a world championship. This team hasn't been constituted to win a world championship in years. It's a well, joke. Jeff, it's the, it's here's the bottom line, Jeff, and I hear what you're saying, and thanks for the phone call. And you're right. Under the current, under Yankee, what Yankee fans are used to and they become accustomed to, it's been World Series or bust. That's what it is. If it's not a World Series, if we're not in the World Series or winning the World Series, it's a failed season. But the current group doesn't look at it that passionately. They'll th- now, I'm not saying they don't want to win a World Series. I mean, if they didn't want to win the World Series, they wouldn't be spending the money they're spending. They're spending the money to win a World Series. That's what they're trying to do. But they have made bad choices. And yeah, listen, Aaron Bo- I'm not saying Aaron Boone has been perfect this season. But I will say this. He doesn't choose who the players he's got on his roster. That's Cashman and Analytics. That's who chooses the players they have on their roster. Have they made some mistakes? Yeah, they have. Is it bothering them right now? Yeah, it is. You're right about Judge. He's had injuries. There's no question about it. But when he plays, he's been a difference maker for this franchise. That's why they paid him. Because he's a difference maker. And it's not like, see, his injuries are not like Stanton's injuries. It's not like it's an oblique. It's not like this. He gets injuries from hustling. Breaking through a wall in Dodgers Stadium. Diving for a loose ball and trapping his wrist underneath. I mean, these are the things. He's he's hustling. He's out there giving it his all. So, listen, do I want injuries if I'm a Yankee fan? Absolutely not. But those injuries I'll accept. The injuries where every time I turn around, there's a pull, there's an oblique, there's a strain, there's something, and he's out forever? I understand the frustration. But the Yankees right now can't pivot. They've got, what, four more years on the Stanton contract? Who's taking him? Three more years on LeMay? Who's taking him? Who's taking them? This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talk a little baseball with you. Jordan Runon will join us at the top of the hour. We'll talk some Giants with him, see what's going on at camp as they prepare for their first preseason game against the Carolina Panthers this coming Friday. Spike is in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? 
Hello, my friend. A couple of quick observations. I wouldn't get into a, a boxing ring with uh, Ramirez after that punch last night. <laughs> he's built. He's built a little bit like Tony Gwynn. You know, a little shorter. That's all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. stout, and he, and he and he doesn't hit as good as Tony Gwynn, but he may be one of the purest hitters left in baseball. I'm looking at the Padres now. Uh, jo- uh, Peter Seidler, another equity guy, not quite as successful as uh, as the Mets owner. But he's put, pumped a lot of money. They're top three, I think, in payroll. And when you look at the, the pitching, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Darvish, Musgrove's out. Snell, Walker, Lugo's a starter. They got a hate as a great closer. And they got, uh, he's back from the suspension, right? Tatis. Mm-hmm. So they got Tatis and Soto and Machado. And I'm uh, missing another good guy, I forget. But uh, they're pretty loaded up, and they're, and they're starting to play good ball. Don't be surprised. Even Gary Sanchez has 15, 16 home runs, I think, or something. So you never know. My point is simple. Uh, baseball's games are streaks, and uh, you see what the Mets are doing. And the Yankees, I, I feel bad. Stanton can't stop a star. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, brittle. He seems brittle. But you're right. You have to keep him in there because he could blow a game wide open. I I just don't uh, understand why he sends him when he knows he he can't burst. You know, it's almost trying to – you've had hamstring because you play basketball. So you've had hamstring injuries. So, you know, you're always tentative when you're you're coming back from it, whether to let it go and you're afraid it'll pop again. But the bottom line is, look, we know where the Mets are at every setting for next year. Uh, they tried it one way. He got out. He's a smart businessman. And Boone is, uh, what do they call it today, the kids? Word salad. Uh, what, what is he going to say? He's yeah. not even making half of these decisions. And what, he's got to cover for his players. If they wanted a guy uh, like uh, the guy in Texas, the old-timer, who won with the Giants, uh, his name slips me, Bro- Bochy. Oh, yeah, you Bruce Bochy, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like Buck was, right? A little yeah. bit, but he's got championships. So, look, I, I think San Diego, to me, I, I don't know why they shouldn't make a run. They got the pitching staff, and they have the, the name players, and they're all pretty good players. So, uh, so we'll see. But I'll tell you, that call last night by that Cleveland play-by-play guy with the with referring to the Ollie Frazier fight, you know, <laughs> down goes uh, whatever the shortstop's name was. I mean, yeah. That was some. You don't see that often in a baseball fight, Larry. No, you don't. You don't, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. It's it's rare. It is rare that you have those uh, situations because normally everybody just stands and you know they start pointing and fingers at each other. Occasionally, you'll you'll see people let it go, but. Uh, that was interesting. That was interesting. Artie's in Brooklyn. Hey, Artie. Hey, Larry. Thanks for taking the call, bud. You got the part. So I, I, I got back uh, from the uh, the Hall of Fame. Got a chance to meet uh, Klecko. Nice. A whole bunch of us. And uh, what a great guy. He I is mean, it, it was guy. unbelievable. Just He had so many obligations, and yet he'd stay there and signed every autograph, took every picture. And it was just amazing. It was just great. So, um, but the uh, in the game, you know, I didn't take it serious. Obviously, you know, training camp and stuff like that. I felt like I was at an actual Cleveland Brown home game. They yeah. were all pumped up and stuff like that. But, and they have this, like, it's got number 74 that they drafted as, like, a house from Ohio State. Yes. And I'm saying, why? How did we go in the fourth round and we're just sitting there needing a tackle? And we let this guy go. He goes, well, there's a project. I said, they're all projects. You know, like, it's crazy. But the thing that I harped on was the 10 penalties. 
Mm-hmm. When first play, they ran up the middle. Remind me of the Detroit game, the Jaguars. Run up the middle, and then the last guy to tackle him did a late hit out of bounds. I said, how about you try tackling him inside the field? Can you do that? <laughs> and it was just, we gave up so many yards, couldn't run the ball. The kid from Pitt is just undersized for me. I mean, I know he had a lot of yards, but he's a third down back to me, and he's so undersized. And I think they just you, – you look at the Jets and you look at Cleveland, you could just tell the different ideology like in drafting. Mm-hmm. They got size. And we're so undersized. And I know it's our backups. But to me, you're as strong as your weakest link, and that's mm-hmm. the sad point. And Sally, I know we, last time we talked, you said, you, you know, we got to see and we got to see. And, I, I mean, I don't see them firing Sally. I mean, I guess you could – if they, if they, if they, um, you know, if they don't do what they're expected to do this year, but the thing is, does a, a player's coach work? And with those ten penalties, off sides, um, illegal motion. I again, I know it's their backups, but why is a kid from UCLA in Cleveland coming in and looking better than our second pick? You think it's only talent? I don't know, Larry. I don't know. I don't know if like. If you put Wilson on Cleveland, if you put him on on the Patriots, I don't know if he looks as bad. If he looks so as unprepared, I think a lot. All the Hall of Fame coaches, I mean uh, the the speeches mm-hmm. from Zach Thomas all the way down. All they talked about was their coaching, their mm-hmm. high school coaching, their college coaching, and stuff like that. Okay, a reminder: Zach Wilson played in with nobody in attendance his senior year. Because of COVID. That's got to take into it. Did they take that into account? I mean, can he play with the booze? I don't know. But, again, it's the, it's the coaching. I don't know if this, this, this stuff with, um, you know, players coach rah-rah, again, getting a defensive coordinator. Yeah, I will sell he's a great defensive coordinator. But is he a great head coach? All right, Larry, thanks for taking the call, bud. All right, Artie, thanks for the phone call. We'll find out. We'll find out. And guess what? And, and you're not the only one that has questions about Salah's ability to coach. But I'll tell you this, if they don't get where they're supposed to go, then he's not coming back, Artie. That would be three consecutive years that they don't make the postseason under his watch. There's no way he's coming back. There's no way. He's not coming back. Kiss him goodbye. He's not coming back. How could you bring him back? Loses the last, loses what, seven and four? Goes on a six-game losing streak to end the season? Yeah, you could tell me about quarterback play and stuff like that. I get it. I understand. It Was it a factor? There's no question. No question it was a factor. But you're going to tell me that he's, that you bring it, you do all this to bring in Aaron Rodgers and turn things around and, and get the offense and, all these things, and they still don't get to the postseason? Artie, he's gone. He's gone. The whole staff, everybody's gone. They are. Now, uh, you might have a little bit more faith in Zach Wilson than I do. I am from the old school. And the old school tells me the type of the type of competition that you play in college, and it doesn't always work this way, but the type of competition that you play against in college the better the competition, the better prepared you are for the pros. It's just my, it's just how I view it. 
And once again, it's not a hard, fast rule, but it's a pretty good rule. I mean, who did he play against? Who did he play against to make you? If he played against people with big, big stadiums, you might have a little better idea on how he would deal with. Well, we know how he deals with the booze because he's hurt a lot of them. <laughs> Could he be better? Yeah. Could he be coaching better? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he looked okay. That wasn't. I didn't see. And once again, he only had what a couple of series. I didn't see anything to make me say, wow, what, oh man, he, what a world of difference. I didn't see that. And yes, I get what you're saying with discipline, but once again, understand with the backups, these guys are trying to make plays. These guys are trying to flash on video. They're trying to make sure they have a job. They're trying, they're doing everything. And sometimes you get overzealous and yet that's going to count against them. So we'll see what happens in the second preseason game. If it continues, then yeah, we there's a major problem. There's a major problem. We'll get Willie Cologne's thoughts about that at 2 o'clock. When he joins us, we talk a little Jets uh, from his standpoint. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. Talking to you at 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones. Javier is in Queens. What's up, Javier? Hey, Larry. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great, Javier. How are you? Great. Show's great today. You always do such a great job. Thank you, sir. Um, before I get to my Yankees and Knicks point, I just I want to say I think the, uh, the Boxing Hall of Fame needs to have a wing, a special wing for guys like Rubnet Odor and Jose Ramirez, oh, my God. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what was better, the the knockout or the call by the Cleveland radio guy. That was incredible. Uh, they both were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty good. Um, so my Yankees point, I've called you before, Larry. I'm a Yankee fan myself. You know, we are incredibly spoiled. Um, it, it's difficult to hear some of these calls. Like, everyone's just championship or bust. Um, I get things aren't going the way that you want them to this year. But they're right there. They're in the mix of it. I, I, I still don't feel like anyone in, in baseball right now is really dominating. Um, I thought Tampa was going to tail off. I think that they have Baltimore look strong. But, you know, um, Rodon and, and, and Cole, you know, they, they kind of give you a chance if they're both on top of their game. I want to see them in the playoffs. I want to see Cole continue to pitch well in the playoffs because I think, you know, he still has to earn his contract somewhat. Like, I, he still hasn't won a Cy Young. Like, I want him to be the guy. That's just my, that's my only Yankee point. And I wanted to point out the Anthony Davis contract from this week. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, a bigger knockout than, than uh, uh, Ramirez last night. But I, I just want to point out, people don't point out how well the Knicks have managed their budget. They're, they're not paying anybody crazy money like that. Like, they're, they're, they're in a position to take someone on like that. But, you know, I want to I give the Knicks credit where it's due when they have not had times like this in the last 20 years where they actually look like they're building something and it doesn't look terrible. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> you got it, Javier. Thanks for the phone call. Let's start with the Knicks first. Uh, you're right. They, they've done a nice job in leaving their options open. The question becomes, though, Javier, when do you exercise? Will there be a time that you will have that player 
that's going to fall into your lap or you're going to make a move for or somebody's going to say they want out of their current situation. And you will have that money. And not only that, but will you how where's the balance between moving forward and getting better in the conference and spending the money? Right. That, that's that's the question where they are now. I mean, right now, the way they are, you could say they've they've added a couple of players. OK. But. Are these additions going to take them past where they got last season? I don't know. I think really they they've they've probably made they probably are right where they were. I don't see them any better. I see them right now either fourth or fifth in the conference. I think they have solidified their spot. Now, they haven't gotten worse. <laughs> There's no question about that. But I don't know that they've gotten better. So that's that's the line where they have to decide. When do we, we have the money whenever that player becomes available. Okay. But when does that player become available? If that player doesn't become available, what do you do? That's going to be the question for the Nick front office. As far as what you're saying about uh, the Yankees, I hear you. It's, and I understand being spoiled, but. Here's the thing, Javier, you have to admit, this offense is not the offense that's going to give you the opportunity to win the championship. And it's this offense that has you, okay, trying to get to a third wild card. The offense should have been changed. It needed to have been addressed last season. You knew after what happened against Houston, you weren't ready. You weren't, that first half was a fluke of last season. It was a fluke. And they should have made some adjustments. There's no excuse for not having a left fielder. There's no excuse for coming back with the same lineup that you know was not good enough to even be competitive with Houston in the postseason last year. So that's why, yeah, some Yankee fans are spoiled. Yeah, I get it. But, I mean, come on. This is not about you winning. This is not about you aiming for a wild card spot. This is about the Yankees going for it all. And that's what fans are used to. And you can respect that because that's what you've known. Russ is in Jersey. What's up, Russ? Yeah, I like Robert Sala. I like the way he coaches. He's got one of the best defenses in the league. He's a good man, and he comes from a good family. Look it up. You'll find it out. His, his defense is, it was what got them where they were last year. All he needs this year is an offensive line to give those quarterbacks a little bit more time. And I think Zach Wilson's going to be a good ball player. He's as good as Daniel Jones. He won five games. He beat Buffalo. And not only that, he played in the good league. He's played in the league just as good as Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones didn't play anybody. So what are we talking about? Everybody was shocked when they took Daniel Jones. And now, now they want to get rid of Zach Wilson. They kept Daniel Jones for three years. Here he is with all this money. Sure, they built the team up. That's what Robert Salas doing. Don't forget, he won on defense, and he's a defensive coach. And def- you know you know as well as I do, offense makes points, defense wins games. And Robert Sala will be in the playoffs this year. All right, Russ, thanks for the phone call. Now, 
I appreciate your passion for Robert Sala. I think he's a great guy. I think he comes from a great family too. I like him as a person. I like him as a head coach. But Russ, this is about production. And even though he is a very good defensive coach, his team defensively made a ton of mistakes last year. Penalties. That's some of the things that Artie was talking about earlier. Those are those come and are reflected by the coach. Unfortunately, is it fair? No. Do we know that players are not perfect? Absolutely, Russ, we know that. But situations, how players perform in situations, that's what you're looking for. And I'm telling you, even though he's a great guy, even though he comes from a great family, if this team does not make the postseason again, and this will be the third year that he's been here that they have not made the postseason, I think it will be, I don't want to see him fired. I'm just telling you, I think it will be very hard for him to keep his job because nothing has changed. Gase was here two years and got fired. Two long years. <laughs> long, long years. All right, these are the things that happen. I don't want to see him go, Russ. I like him like you like him. But I'm telling you. And yeah, people do, and, and people were complaining about Daniel Jones being picked. But he was picked. Russell... Zach Wilson was picked number two, Russ. Number two. That's different. Yeah, people were looking at it. Wow, they were killing him for picking Daniel Jones sixth. This guy was picked number two. He was not. You could tell. He had the year before his seat, the year before the year he left out, he left. He was not a good quarterback. So you had to you had to decide. Was he which Zach Wilson is he? Well, the Jets chose to think that he would be the latter Zach Wilson. And I don't know if he's going to be a good quarterback or not yet. I don't know. I have to wait and see. Listen, the Jets don't know. That's why they went out and got Aaron Rodgers. If they thought he was going to be a good quarterback, they wouldn't have made that choice. Lonnie's in Long Island. What's up, Lonnie? Oh, how are you, Lonnie? How's it going, brother? Everything's good, my friend. What's happening? Good. Well, I'm a frustrated Yankee fan. You know, I, I'm just tired. You know, I don't even sometimes when I know certain pitchers are pitching or hitters in the game, I don't even turn them on. I, I watch it for it and I know they're gonna lose. They're just Boone is horrible. I don't know where they seeing Boone. He hasn't. He's. I just don't like what he do. I mean, he don't hit and run. He don't bunt. He don't do nothing. I want to see something that's gonna win. I want to see winning baseball. The Yankees need to get rid of half of their, their hitters and get mm. some hitters that hit over over 250, 275, 280. These 190, 195. Oh, man, Donaldson, Stanton, Rizzo. Oh, oh, my goodness. I hear you, Lonnie. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Uh, Aaron Boone can only play who he's got. Who are you button with? Lonnie, who's button on this team? <laughs> Stanton? <laughs> Is he going to make it to first? Joy run on is next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.